rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Tara Devlin. What's up? We meet here whenever. Oh, shit. I almost fell. <laughs> Five seconds into the show, I almost fall. So, oh, uh, yeah. Well, my name is Tara Devlin. This is Unapologetic Liberal Talk. If you're new, we meet here Saturday evenings. Now, uh, it's usually, it's in this vicinity of 8 p.m. at this point, 8 p.m. EST. So I, I suggest and ask you all, I ask you kindly to hit the subscribe bell and, uh, well, hit the subscribe and then hit the notification bell so you'll be alerted when the show goes live. So you can join us in the chat room at youtube.com slash C for channel slash R, no, 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 slash Tara Buster. And we're also on Rockfin. So you can become a uh, member of Rockfin and you'll be able to access all kinds of great liberal content exclusive content and uh, also me <laughs> so what else what else what else I don't know I have so many things to say so many things on my mind um, become a patron all that stuff patreon.com slash Tara Devlin okay I don't want to spend the, oh, who else? I have to, I just have to also say, uh, Verdant Square Radio. I want to give a shout out. This show is also part of their lineup. That's a no, another liberal, independent, um, I guess it's a network where you can find some really cool it, original content for four normal people, and I mean progressives. So, uh, and also we're on FYI Nation, okay? Okay, everybody? Get off my back, everybody. I don't know. It's hard. Hard being me sometimes. It sucks. Okay, I'm having, um, we just want to get into the show. All right? We're also on Progressive Voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you all. Super chats are coming in. Keep up the good work, guys. Richard W., another great show, Tara. Give it, give it a minute, Richard. Uh, Jim, thank you for your super chat. Haiku, thank you. And Resin Rebel, thank you. And I also want to thank Haiku for being a moderator in the Tara Buster chat room. So if you're somewhere else, if you're on whatever other channel, come to YouTube and hang out with the cool kids. Everyone's welcome, except Trump Angies. They're not. They're welcome, but they're you. You gotta watch yourself. All right, just don't be. Don't just keep your mouth shut, and listen. Maybe you'll learn something, but I suspect you have other plans in that department. All right, the I'm really annoyed. <laughs> I don't even know what's the right word today watching Joe Biden's rescue package. The, the whole debate over this, what, what we're witnessing, with, well, over the, the rescue package, over uh, how to effectively handle the pandemic. First, first of all, the Republicans, um, 
they've lost any right to question what we do about this pandemic. They, they've basically abdicated any responsibility they have to the constituents they pretend to represent. What do they bring to the table? I'm really tired of, in general, of Democrats and the society as a whole. For I'm, I'm tired of us trying to make the Republican Party into something that they don't even have an interest in being themselves. It's sort of like we're all, it's like, it's like somebody who has a, a kid that's just not, has, I don't know, just wants to lay around and do nothing all day and eat your food and um, not contribute to society. You know, it has no mission. They have no goals or whatever. That's what it feels like. And the child and the, and the parent is always encouraging it and saying, see, this is what you could do. Look what you can do here. You can help here. And the kid continues to go on living over off of your good graces or whatever and uh, never contributing never growing up never changing while i don't know i don't know this is like wow is this a real metaphor that i'm coming up with now but you know what i mean that's what it feels like we are um what's the delusion here i'm not in any deluded state <laughs> You could take that to the bank, unlike Twitler's uh, failed businesses. But I, I believe that the entire country, well, not all, not us, of course, because we're, we're not, uh, we, I don't know, what we have, I mean, the entire country seems to have a, um, I, I guess it's sort of like when you're, you have a kid or anybody who's suffering from addiction when you have a sick family member well it's like the whole family is is diseased in a sense so i it feels like that's what's happening with the republicans we refuse to recognize the sick dynamic going on here that they i mean come on Stop already. Stop pretending that they're anything but the, uh, I mean, what are they doing? What is their purpose? What is the meaning? Uh, I guess this is why I'm having trouble. I'm trying to unpack it. I need to write a 10-page paper on it, really. I need to sit and think and write a paper on what? What's? It's not just the Republicans. It's us, too. Continuing, continually enabling them, saying, come on, it's like, you can do it. You see? And then if something, if one of them does something remotely normal or remotely human, we say, look, oh, see, they, they can, you can do it. Like Mitt Romney, because he stands up, he stood up to Twitler every now and then, what, 1% of the time? Not that he didn't vote for him twice or whatever, or and vote with him and enable all of his 
kiss up, kick down, I got mine sucks to be you policies. But it's like Mitt Romney. I, I actually heard a Democratic representative on one of the corporate media channels today saying that, well, Mitt Romney has earned the right to the moral high ground. That's what he, this person actually said. Because he voted to impeach Trump and, I mean, what? Anybody who didn't vote, who can't see, didn't vote to impeach Trump and can't see, honestly, what the hell is going on is, is part of this problem. This whole country... And this is why when I watched the debate today and the Voterama and the antics going on around what what has to be done, I got very despondent today thinking and uh, about, my God, will uh, is this hopeless? Are we do we have a chance in hell here to fix this thing? There's so many things that have to be fixed, but we, you can't get better if you can't recognize the problem. The first step is admitting you have a problem. So what is it with the Democrats having this desire for Republican normalcy? That ship has sailed. They're a lost cause. It's up to us now. And and I'm the 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 um, Kirsten Cinemas and Joe Mansions of the world. Did you see their of uh, the antics today? Having to listen to uh, the stories about how Joe Biden had to call Joe Manchin numerous times to keep him on board. To pass this rescue package in a, a, a country, okay? Do I have to remind everybody? This is the least upwardly mobile democracy, and everybody should call their representatives and senators and remind them of that. Where's That's the reality we're starting from. Not that... Um, this reality, this in some alternate universe with the Republicans or a functioning party. Oh my God, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you, Jeffrey Giraffe, for your super chat. We need about a thousand more Jeffreys, and then maybe we'll have a daily show at a set time. Yeah. The Republicans are officially assholes, but they're also, as Richard says on the chat, but they're also, I don't know, I'm kind of, I guess I'm working it out. It's sort of like being in therapy where you're kind of talking it through. But it's, I mean, come on. I guess this is why we do the show too, because we help to pull the covers off and bring as many people as we possibly can into, into the light the reality of what we're up against. The Republican Party, well, I mean, it's not just that, though. It's not just them, because the entire system is broken. And that's the baseline we have to start from, where the scraps, being thrown some scraps, 
And that's what's happening in uh, this bill. And I know it's, they're saying, okay, the big, the bill is big. This is on the Huffington Post. It could have child poverty. That's great. Okay. But this this is nothing but a Band-Aid on a bleeding artery. Because ultimately, all of the fundamentals of the broken system are there. Nothing will change until we change it, this broken system, until the, the, the uh, representatives themselves, the people in government, are aware of this broken-ass system and, and have the same goal in mind, meaning that the goal has to be to get money out of politics and to ensure that the American dream is is the American birthright, that we are the most upwardly mobile country again. This has to be the goal here, but we we're, it's not going to happen with half of the of the you know of the Republican Party. You have half of the representatives who are, they don't even, I mean, what is the purpose? Who votes for a Kevin McCarthy? This is why I'm baffled. Who sends that, that wasted lump to, to Congress and says, um, yeah, represent me. And in this crisis where enough is enough. The Republicans, you see what's going on. Now we, we have the vaccine for, for COVID and the Republicans all over the country are, I mean, do they are, do they give a shit that 500,000 Americans are dead and growing? And, uh, you know, how, um, how do we live in a country, have a functioning system with people who are, it's not that they're even working at cross purposes, they're working against us. So as we take one or two steps forward, they do everything they can to ensure that we will be taking 10 steps backwards. We can never get anywhere, but here's what, and this is why we do the show, honestly, because that's, this is the only thing that's going to change anything. No other, no other, um, media, the, 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 uh, corporate media for sure. is not, they're not talking about this. They are not talking about the, the fundamentally broken system. This is what we're dealing with. And I guess I have, I, it's a little depressing because I have to come to the conclusion or the or acceptance of the fact that maybe what we do here, maybe, maybe what I'm doing here, what we're doing here, maybe it will never bear fruit in my lifetime and in our lifetimes. I hope in Mark's lifetime, our millennial correspondent. But... Maybe it won't bear fruit for me. I would like to see 
I would like to know what it's like to live in a country where you know, my, my aunt tells me stories about what it was like growing up in the great prosperity when she was young, going out to get a job and you didn't like that job you want and you just got another job. And that was that. There was, and all of the jobs, she, it was really uh, living wage jobs. There wasn't all of this side gig, Uber, DoorDash bullshit. So that's what it was like at one time. And there was a basic, it seemed, for, I mean, I'm talking, of course, about white people, of course. That's, uh, you know, her. My aunt is white, so you know what I mean? You know what I mean. So we have a lot of issues. Is it one of the things I have to, let me just get this off my chest. This is an aside. So I really noticed this. So I get emails a lot from a viewer, listener, and supporter named Daniel. And originally back in the day when I first started the show, and he was one of the OG supporters. And he sent me some emails saying, don't say black and brown people, okay? And I read his emails, and it made perfect sense. I mean, it's a saying, it's a, um, it's a throwback. It's a... Um, it's dehumanizing, and but it's it's a throwback to colonialism and how it's a divisive tactic. And now that I see, I I that's why I say people with darker pigment or do, and because it really is, isn't that, isn't it ridiculous? It's we're talking about melanin in someone's skin, so. But I don't, I'm not sure if you've noticed, though, all over media, they talk about black and brown, people who are black and brown, black and brown communities being disenfranchised. To me, now that I, I've heard this and Daniel opened my eyes, it feels so, it's, uh, so infuriating to me, black and brown this is another, under the guise of um, goodness and feel and inclusiveness, we're really doing nothing but perpetuating an old paradigm that isn't working. It, I, I guess it's part of the consciousness, because I know that in the future, future generations are going to look back at us saying things like black and brown as we look to the word colored people it's kind of strange to me now that i hear it it's uh it gets on my nerves really for example actually i i i uh i grabbed this clip but this was only one one second of an entire day on the me listening to the media talking about black and brown voters black and brown being decent but then uh then again you know we're talking about americans black and brown what the hell is that what is black and brown 
<laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm. I mean, it's easy for me to say because I'm. A, I'm. I mean, white. I'm white as a ghost. What's the difference, though? We're Americans, and this is how, and we're humans. What is the difference? It's like saying somebody black, um, brown eyes and blue eyes. Blue-eyed people, it, it feels, it already, to me, feels so archaic. And it's, it's how they keep us divided. For example, here, where, where is it? Oh, on MSNBC, here. I just want to reiterate what is in these bills. Um, it could limit um, voting on Sunday, limit ballot drop boxes, and limit absentee ballots, so you could understand why folks that are critics of these bills um, feels as if it is limiting the black and brown vote in the state of Georgia. <laughs> Does that seem weird to you now? Limiting the black and it just seems weird. Strange. I don't know. It feels, it already feels old to me. But for reiterating this is um, the other day we played some clips of Reverend Barber and he puts it succinctly so we're talking about the black and brown thing talk today Arlie it's been 2,800 plus days since the Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act it's been 70 plus years over 7 years since the Supreme Court has gutted the Voting Rights Act and uh, it's a new form of interposition and nullification. I helped lead the effort in North Carolina for the worst voter suppression bill after the uh, Shelby decision. And one of the Republican senators said today that the Shelby decision came down. Now that the headache has been removed, we can do what we want to. But Ari, there's one other layer to this. It's not just about black voters. At the end of the Selma to Montgomery March, Dr. King gave a sermon, we ought to all go back. And he said that every time there was the potential for the Negro masses and the white masses to vote together, mm -hmm. to build coalitions, the, the aristocracy of the South sowed division, created segregation, created suppression mm -hmm. because of their fear that if black and white came together in power to vote, they could reconstruct the American democracy and build a beloved community. That's, that's the game right there. He laid it out so beautifully and simply. Absolutely. If the American people of all different pigment and melanin get together finally and see each other as human beings, neighbors, compatriots, then we, we cannot lose the American people can't lose. Democracy cannot lose. So while voter suppression is targeted at black, brown, and indigenous people, it's actually targeted at democracy because every state that is a voter suppression state Hello. is a high poverty Hello, state, somebody. a low healthcare state, a low wage state. And the truth of the matter is those that get elected by racist voter suppression, the irony is when they pass public policy, they pass policies that in raw numbers hurt more white people than black people. In percentage-wise, it hurts more black people. But in raw numbers, it actually hurts more white people when they block living wages and block health care, block union rights. Well, that's why we need this black and brown. We need to kick down 
We need to divide and conquer. This is where the tickling of the racist funny bones come in. Regardless, we know, for example, that as a percentage, there are more white people on uh, on public assistance than there are um, people who have darker pigment. And that doesn't matter because they're the, the, the right wing propaganda machine has us so has them so um, actively racist. It's sickening. And it's so, it's uh, the thing, you know, because it's so transparent, of course. But it is, it betrays a weak mind. Simple, weak mind that could be so easily played. I mean, it, that's what gets me depressed. It's so, the, the American people are so twisted constantly. I mean, not that there aren't dumbasses all over the globe. That's the other thing that gets me depressed. They just have a louder voice here. We're, for some reason, instead of telling them to shut up and go sit in the corner and let the adults finish what we started, what the founders started, let the adults, the people who are capable of functioning in a democratic society, do the finish the work of making a more perfect union you could go sit there and read cat in a hat you stupid loser we'll get to that too i mean they're so they they are so useless it's unbearable it really is that's what it, the 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 tedium of having a conservative parasite on your back constantly. In the back of your ear going, nee, 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 nee. Democrat party. Nee, 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 nee. Uh, canceled. Cancel culture. It's, it's shut up. Shut up. Losers. You haven't. You, it was you had a long time. We tried it your way. But let's give us a, give us th- four freaking years, all right? And get out of the way and shut up. Just shut up. Get out of the way. We've been, the, we've been on this Reaganomics voodoo trip for my entire life. It doesn't work. And th- so here we are, broken. And the first step in fixing what's pro- what's wrong is admitting admitting the problem. It's there's so many problems everywhere we look. There's a problem, but it come you know it really does come down to one problem ultimately, and that's money and politics. If it's not if it wasn't if it wasn't for greed, and conservatives of both parties undoing democratic initiatives and legislation that protected democracy from the greedy bastards from the oligarchy the same threat that we've always been under the threat of concentrated wealth if it wasn't for them 
we wouldn't be in this position. And now they worked all this time for my entire life. I've watched everything that I've said has come true and it sucks. That's why it sucks to be right. This is the truth. I wish I was wrong. But I've watched my entire life as, as Republicans and conservative Democrats pass conserv- conservative legislation. And what we say, if you do this, this is going to happen. Like, for, for example, the Telecommunications Act of 96, if you pass this... This will mean the concentration. Uh, it's uh, the the concentration of media ownership. It's dangerous to democracy. <sighs> Somebody's texting me. Oh, okay. Nothing emergency. I just got a text from my brother's wife, which I guess is my sister-in-law, <laughs> and she doesn't text me all the time. So usually if she texts me, there's a problem. But this is just that, oh, they adopted a dog. Nice. Say congratulations. That's why my brother was always so weird because he was, he never had, he never had a dog. All my family are all dog and cat people, animal people, but... My brother never had a dog. Very nice. Okay, look, I'm. Uh, this is my brother's dog. He's a dachshund. Oh, although they it looks like they they didn't go to a shelter, unfortunately. But of course, I always say adopt. Don't go to a breeder. Oh, no, she's a mix. Dachshund, Basset Hound. Oh, very cute. Her name is Ginger. And, but the, 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 as far as going to uh, a, um, a breeder, I would never go to a breeder. I find that abhorrent, whatever. But once these animals are born, it's, um, it's sad. They are alive and need homes. So, all right, whatever. Let me get back on track after the break. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. All right, so what was I talking about? How to fix the broken democracy. Yes, of course. This is how we do it. You know it's true. You know how you know? Because we have examples. We know when... Uh, you can look all over the world, what's working and what's not working. The smart money would be on do the things that are working. But that's only if you want to have a certain outcome. This is the other truism that we have to uh, bring into the public consciousness, that we really do have one party, an entire 100% of the Republican Party, that is not interested in democracy. In fact, you talk about working at cross purposes of being an antagonist in general, they're an antagonist to democracy. 
They don't want, in fact, they want to destroy democracy. Oh, we just had an insurrection. I used to say this all the time, how Republicans are uh, not only unfit to function in a democracy, but they, that they hate democracy, that they want to destroy democracy. And then they go and do that, have an insurrection. And still, the, there are Democrats that are like, we got to be bipartisan, reach across the aisle to the insurrectionists, to the traitors. I, I, how sick is that? Really? It's like, it's just like what happened after the Civil War. There were some representatives that were outraged that the conservatives, the traitors, got to just join join the Senate and the House again, just join the legislature where there were uh, fresh graves from the people who were killed thanks to the traitors who are now pretending that, oh, okay, oh, no, no harm. I signed my loyalty oath again. <laughs> wink, wink. So... So it seems even, it's not, at least then, they had to sign a loyalty oath, right? What are we doing with the Republicans today? They, forget the loyalty oath, they don't even admit it. They're more upset about the barbed wire around the Capitol. And in fact, how disingenuous they are, to, as an example, is they're calling it, uh, what do they call it, Camp Pelosi? Because it was Nancy Pelosi. That's it, right? It's not that the Republicans have activated their terrorist base, their anti-American f- fascist base. It's Pelosi just decided to put up some barbed wire. People died in the Capitol. A, a cop was beaten over the head with a, with a fire extinguisher. And then there were cops, forget it, uh, under assault for hours. Uh, and these scums. How? We all have to... It's like I was saying when Twitler was the so-called president, despite receiving fewer votes... And I would say, what's wrong with us? We have to play. We play. We do it, though. We, we don't have to. Why don't we play hail to the chief when this scumbag walks in the room? We have to. You got to salute him. You got to play hail to the chief. You got to put a portrait of him up. We all have to pretend that this grifter is is fit to lead the 320 million of us despite receiving fewer votes. The, the, if that doesn't say all we need to know about how broken we are and what, wh- how much work we have to do with, and with this emergency. And I contend and I will continue to reiterate that The only way they were able to get away with it was because of the Telecommunications Act of 96. 
the idiots that ran and stormed the Capitol, where were they getting their orders? They were, it was uh, propaganda, media, right-wing media. Without the media, we would, I mean, we wouldn't, uh, without a concentrated media, as we have it, a corporate media, we, I, we, I, I contest that we would be in much better shape. And that's the other thing. If I could see, I could see that when I was an uh, undergrad in communications, that w- how dangerous to democracy that was and how we would have uh, concentrated ownership. And that's not conducive to democracy, just like concentrated wealth. We're so, um, we have so much work to do. Well, let's continue to listen to Reverend Barber. He, he gives me hope. Reverend Barber is the real deal, of course. And everything he says, he's uh, 100% correct. Public education. And this is the genius we've got to hear from Dr. King now so that we don't just have a celebration or remembrance this Sunday, but we have a recommitment mm-hmm. in this moment. I really appreciate everything you said, including, of course, the PAC uh, and the point that uh, uh, PAC, who, of course, came out of the Black Panther tradition uh, and some of these other civil rights leaders were talking about on its best day. It is entirely uh, about interracial full equality and not picking and choosing as sometimes Mm -hmm. from the outside it might be reflected. Um, Also thinking about other leaders in the past generation who stepped up, Muhammad Ali and others, uh, who use their power uh, to really speak to all Americans. And LeBron James has been doing that more, which is interesting because to the points you raised. All right, whatever. Shut up, Ari. Yes, go ahead, sir. It's a powerful piece, and I would add to it that what we're seeing now, we saw in the 19th century in an attempt to roll back Reconstruction. And what happened? Black and white people came together, reconstructed the South, reconstructed the American Constitution. Uh, we've seen it in the Civil Rights Movement. Even before Georgia, a lot of this started was when Obama won North Carolina and Virginia in 2008. Now, how did he win? He lost on election day in 2008, but he won through same-day registration and early voting. And what was the cry then? Fraud, fraud. This can't be real. You, you can't bring black and white people together and brown people in the South and win like this. There has to be fraud. So it's always fraud when the democracy works, when more people come together. And so the attempt to roll back voting rights is, is, is an attempt to, to not only block who sits in power, but I always want to make the connection between uh, the economics of it, the race and the economics. Mm-hmm. You know, today, for instance, we saw uh, 50 white 50 Republicans vote to block living wages for 62 million people. Uh, But we also saw eight white Democrats vote with them to block living wages for 62 million people. And the the argument they had, we're following the advice of a parliamentarian that's not even a constitutional role. And basically they said that this one parliamentarian has more power and the 55% of black and white people, poor and low wealth people who voted for Biden-Harris ticket and 70% of the American public who voted. But, but how does this happen? How did the Republicans able to do that? Every since 1968, they have run this Southern strategy. 
And the goal of the Southern strategy was to hold on to the South and to deliberately, I think it was um, it was uh, Richard Nixon that was advised by Pat Buchanan and, and, and to Kevin Phillips. And they actually said to him, we must deliberately divide the country. If we do it, we will get the better half. They called it positive polarization. Mm-hmm. And they said, we must divide it. We must engage in voter suppression because that's the only way we can hold on to the 13 or 14 southern states from Maryland all the way to the south, uh, through the southwest, what they call the Sun Belt. But by doing that, we can control the Senate, we can control the presidency, and thereby we can control the politics so that policy is written mainly to undergird the corporate elite and not really be about the people. And the fear right now, Mm -hmm. why there's so much fear is because North Carolina in 208, Georgia in uh, 2020, has shown people that if we run on the progressive agenda and we beat back voter suppression, you can elect folk in the South that they always thought couldn't be elected because of the Southern strategy. And if you start changing the South, you change the whole nation. If you start changing the the, the, Mm -hmm. the makeup of the Senate by changing in the South, you change the whole nation. And how do you do that? You have to do it by voter mobilization, but also defeating voter suppression. So it's no wonder Georgia that right now after the election, we have 161 bills throughout the country in various legislatures at the very time that we have the possibility of expanding health care and, and raising the living wage because the elite, what Dr. King called the aristocracy, doesn't want to see that happen. So they sow the division mm. and part of the way yep. they sow the division is through voter suppression. And so I'm glad to see LeBron and others. And this is the game they've been playing on us for time immemorial. My name is Tara Devil. Thank you for hanging out. And yeah, Reverend Barber is right. That's why when I hear, I don't know, I'm interested in what you guys think. When I hear that constantly, I'm hearing the black and brown what about black and brown or the black and brown people? What What is this black and brown? We're Americans. Enough is enough. Stop. Yes, we have to recognize our unconscious and conscious biases. But part of healing our country and, and the world is to recognize and to view each other as human beings first, period. And to, I don't know, not perpetuate the divisions. This is why we need universal health care and higher education and all that. But first things first, um, of course, as Reverend Barber says, the Republicans, this is why, they they cannot afford to have people be able to, well, first of all, be unified and then vote. So they're trying to pass all kinds of voting restrictions. And in fact, they just, here's uh, Greg Pallast uh, writing about how the Republicans passed um, a law to make it, illegal to feed people as they're waiting on uh, online to vote 
it's hold on here we go state Georgia outlaws pizza <laughs> fake hero Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger backed the new law passed by the GOP-controlled legislature that requires voters to include ID with mail-in ballots, a cheap Jim Crow trick, one among many that passed. Raffensperger objected to adding a prohibition on giving food and water to people waiting hours in line to vote in the Georgia sun because he's already declared that giving water to voters is a crime after he made sure the lines would be hours long. Are you bribing voters? <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to feed the stomach. <laughs> out, why are you out here? <laughs> trying to give the, the, the voters some food, man. Okay. Yeah, why do they deserve food? Everybody deserves food. Everybody. I witnessed this criminal behavior myself in Cobb County, Georgia, where Papa John's was criminally handing out slices of pizza <laughs> and calzones. Well, if that's your agenda and that's your that's what you're focused on in the middle of a pandemic and in a country that uh, the majority can't save 400 friggin dollars, then we know know them by their fruits. But it's okay for one thing, we understand that the Republicans are irredeemable. We get it. I'm here to help the rest of the Democratic Party climb on board to the to the truth. Trust the science? Okay, let's trust let's trust the science and the math. Show me somebody if I'm wrong, show me if I show me some proof that the De- that the Republican Party has an interest in democracy. Also, show me what they've ever done to advance the interest of democracy. All I see are Democrats, I mean, why do I keep saying that? Are Republicans continuing to, uh, to their mission to roll back, not even, we're rolling back to the American Revolution. That's where we're going. We're going past the American Revolution back to the Dark Ages. That's the Republican agenda. And I'm not, trust me, this is the this is what they're doing. Oh, um it sounds outrageous. They're rolling us back to the dark ages. Well, what were the dark ages where the rich you can get as much education as you could afford where the education was a providence of the rich, you served your lord, you fa- all diff- you found your lord to serve. You belong to that Lord. Maybe they would trickle some benefits on you. Government, the government wasn't there for you, for the people. It was there to make the the, the decisions who, how how to divvy up the wealth. That's what it was. That's, that was the whole purpose. Being a king, you can hand out favors to your friends and concentrate wealth in the in in the hands of a few and so no taxes on the rich the poor you toil in the in the working poor well the same thing really toil in the fields await your rewards in heaven no well uh what else no social safety net of course if you need help 
go to the church. This is what the Republicans believe. They that's their agenda to destroy the social compact, to destroy every any civic understanding that we have or duty that we have to each other. It's really that is them. In a nutshell, they want uh, uh, to bring back the dark ages. Exactly. That's what they're doing. And you could find, I could go online now, we can Google statements from them backing this up. This is fundamentally their agenda to roll, roll back democracy and bring back the dark ages where the church and state were intertwined the few, you see, I say you can get as much education as you can afford. This is a statement right out of Romney's mouth. One of the good ones, right? The moral, how you can take the moral high ground. Because he had the strength to recognize once or twice that there was a con man squatting in the Oval Office despite receiving fewer votes. I don't see how that's such a profile in courage, but... I guess that's why we're in the boat we're in. Because we have different definitions of courage as well. It's not courageous to be a lick spittle for somebody who doesn't, who's a sociopath, who's a fraud on top of it. You know, you can be a sociopath. There are a lot of sociopaths, more than we want to know. I certainly have met a few of them in my life and they suck. But not all of them are sociopaths. They're not all murderers, of course. Uh, but Twitler is definitely a sociopath. No feelings. That's what part of being a sociopath. You can't empathize. And, but, and that's a broken part. If you're, if you're unable to empathize, something is damaged in you. So shouldn't it be the rule number one? If you want to represent people, that you should be able to identify and empathize with them as Mother Nature intended. And everything, it's not just Mother Nature either. If you want to go the religious route, all, all of, and all, and whatever, uh, the, the mythology route, the, 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 the patriotic route, putting yourself... Uh, in uh, other people's shoes, sacrificing yourself for others. These are things that, um, qualities that we uh, venerate. We'll give medals to people who've sacrificed themselves for others. But the Republican, the whole Republican agenda is to ensure that you, you, you're number one. Nobody else matters you see that's being an individual a rugged individual you don't have to do anything for anybody else but yourself you just shout freedom if somebody says hey uh put on this mask because you might save yourself and your neighbor and well f- oh, i don't care if i get coronavirus we've seen the clips of the fa- fox news fascist saying oh what's his name that guy oh god um the one oh whatever the younger guy 
Oh, I hate them all. The Fox News asshole. Well, they were all assholes. What am I saying? The Fox News asshole. <laughs> uh, but he, he's, oh yeah, Waters, Jerry, what is it? whatever. Waters World. Oh my God, these people. Um, there, are, there are clips of him saying, if I get coronavirus, I'll beat it. So what? So not that, that's not about you. It's about us, but, oh my God, but this is where we live. We all have to kind of pretend, I suppose, just like, what? That profile encouragement Romney is pretending, pretended a couple of times, I guess, when he voted with Trump, that Trump had any redeeming qualities for the United States. I can't, I I don't know. It's insane. All right, I'll be right back. Oh, man. (laughs) Thank you, Guyon, for your super chat. People have been voting against their own interests for years. Exactly, but they do it because... I wonder sometimes. Let me think here. Do they do it? I know that everybody believes that they're um, not being duped or that their eyes are open, that they're doing things consciously. For the most part, people, nobody thinks they're stupid, right? Yes, Jesse Waters. Oh my God, what a, ugh. They're all on, they're all beyond unbearable. God, but so as I don't know, don't they, these Republicans voting for a a party that hasn't done a goddamn thing, not only for them, but for the entire country. Please prove me wrong. I want to know. I've been asking for years. Are there any things uh that are there any policies that the republican party has put forward and backed that have benefited the american people and and strengthened democracy of course they will say their voter suppression laws that they're trying to pass all over the country are to strengthen democracy because we let's get this straight here so we are we have a con man who said that he won the election. Uh, He lied. The Republicans know he lied and that the election, according to their own people, was the most secure in American history. Uh, But under the... So, but, okay, let me roll it back a little bit. And they go out and tell their dumbass voters that the election was, there were some anomalies, irregularities, which is bullshit, complete-ass bullshit. So based on the bullshit of a con man, and I'm sure if I, I sat here and did a Google search, we could probably find that moral giant Mitt Romney agreeing with these voter suppression tactics. But... But, but, but we're going to legislate now. 
on um, the on the con of a con man. Again, yet again, the entire thing is a con. It always has been. This is the con. The Republican Party is a con. They're not. Uh, what's a con? They're gonna. They tell you, hey, take this uh, elixir. It's gonna. I don't know. Keep you young. Uh, it's a con. Everything is a con about them. Here, vote for me. I'm gonna make America great again. I'm gonna. Uh, I love America. Look at me humping a flag. So everything about the Republican Party is a con. So let's not be surprised, of course. I'm not surprised. It's just typical. That's why it's tedious and it's the unbearably tedious every day to have to live in a country with a bunch of con artists just constantly running a grift. That's what they're doing. And... We could see it. So when the snake oil salesman comes to town and sells you a bottle of laudanum that cures everything, you know what you're what you you'll see your fellow townspeople buying this shit up. But you know, you could see the grift. But there's always suckers though, and you could tell them, but it won't matter. Because I guess some people, they just don't want to admit that they've been duped. I suppose. There again, here, this is why we have to get this message out. If (laughs) there, there might, I mean, of course there are the base. That's the lost cause, just like the lost cause that they ascribe to. But the you know the racist the disgusting the basket of deplorables though they're irredeemable and they should be but there might be a few in there that maybe will uh, is open to suggestion to the truth if they had found the truth so that's why we're here and if they stumble into the chat room if they can behave themselves Haiku won't will be nice. We'll all be nice, but <sighs> okay. Um, but it's not just the Republicans. This is the problem. It's also the Democrats. So the entire Republican Party is a greed-centered, anti-democratic death cult. Yes, but then we have the likes of Kristen Cinema. And uh, Joe Manchin, of course. The two names that if I never hear again, it'll be too soon. But Kristen Cinema today? I don't know. I can't, I can't speak. I want to, I'm trying to um, measure my words because I could, don't want to call for violence here. Legally and peacefully call for violence um but watching Kristen Cinema give her her thumbs down on the $15 minimum wage made me want to I don't know uh 
legally and peacefully do something. What the hell? What is that? What is she? What? What? Okay. Um, now people will say, well, what are you going to do? There are conservative Dems. There are concern. What is a conservative Dem? Please explain it to me. What does Kristen Cinema stand for? Um, um, who? Uh, first of all, let me play. If in case you missed it, I'll play it because it's really um, something that makes uh, you really have to restrain yourself. How dare you, Kristen Cinema? Here she walks on. This is the vote, Bernie Sanders' vote for who put, he put it back in during the Voterama voting for the minimum wage, the $15 minimum wage, which we, as we discussed, is actually less than we need, than we need, than it should be if wages kept up with productivity. And it's another example of how broken we are and how much we, we've been beaten down that they have effectively beaten us down, that we're begging for $15 an hour when we should be in the streets. You know what would change this shit overnight? Just like with Black Lives Matter, with the Black Lives Matter movement. And that's another example why the, de- the Republican Party had to turn Black Lives Matter into riots all over the place. That's how they had to discuss it on their uh, propaganda channels because they had to denigrate it because that's exactly what we need. We need a movement that understands that we're in this together. That's Black Lives Matter. That's how I view the Black Lives Matter movement. It's really about all lives matter. But that's, you know, beside the point. But um, this Christian cinema walks into the, into the chamber here. She goes over to Mitch McConnell, pats him on the back, and then steps in front of the woman taking the votes. I don't know. And does a little curtsy thumbs down in homage to John McCain, who thumbs downed the uh, Obamacare destruction that would have kicked millions off of the shitty health care that they have that sucks. But here comes Kristen Cinema posed with the question, um, do the American people, do the sheeple deserve, do the dum-dums who can't save $400 deserve $15 an hour? Oh, no, 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 of course not. Because how do you keep people divided and stupid and exhausted and unable to uh, recognize, to, uh, to pick their head up and recognize that they're not living in a functioning democracy. Well, you got to keep them nice and exhausted and, and scraping and scrimping and never getting ahead. 
You want to talk about tedious? Kristen Cinema should be ashamed of herself. Like the rest of the Republicans. Yeah, oh, she's a Democrat. I understand. She's what is she? Who is she? What does she bring to the table? How dare she? Oh, we'll get to her, but let's just play her her antics. There she goes. Hi, Mitchie. Hi, Moscow Mitch. Look at me. I have health care for life. I make above $15 an hour pretending to represent these dumb effers. Now watch me now. Here she goes. $15 minimum wage? Oh, bink. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema. No. Miss Cinema, no. She probably had to take a second to digest her ridiculous antics. There she goes. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema. You sweet, oh my God. Kristen Cinema and it, her you, I don't know if you guys know that Kristen Cinema um she markets herself as the first bisexual in Congress and then again right there it uh re- it proves the, who cares okay Good for you. That feels like uh, a non-issue and who gives a shit? The first bisexual in Congress. But there's your identity politics. We all have to hear how great it is to have uh, black and brown cabinet picks. But what's behind uh, you? What What do you stand for? What is your purpose? Why why are you representing the people? You're so you could stand there and and put your thumbs down. Oh, don't worry, honey. You'll be fine. Your whole life. You'll be fine. Uh, you have a, I, I, this is what I do not understand. You have an opportunity to do some effing good. To make people, to make a more perfect union, to help lift millions out of poverty, you you should be using your platform for that. Not to be a, 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 I don't need, what is that, that curtsy, that thumbs down curtsy is so infuriating. The sophomoric little curtsy. This cavalier, flippant little, hi, Mitchie, curtsy, thumbs down. You're talking about lives. You're talking about us getting some fucking scraps. Throw us some crumbs, you bisexual bitch. Who cares? You're bisexual. Wonderful. Congratulations. You went to college. Try being full gay. But it doesn't... That's that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. I, it's so annoying, too. And it's also part of how they infantilize us, the people, a bunch of dummies. Oh, look. 
We're so progressive. There's a bisexual. Who cares? What are you going to do? What side of life, on de- of what side of democracy and decency and dignity are you on? You son of a... And who cares? So it's, oh, the first bisexual. Who cares? What do you believe about living wages? Where do you, where do you stand on that? She's a joke. Really? Here's David Sirota wrote, Kristen Cinema's Swamp Tale. The former Green Party icon with her thumbs down on a $15 minimum wage personifies the timeless story of the Ernest do-gooder turned Washington monster. So, one of the most enduring parables in American culture is about going Washington. It is a tale of the Ernest Do-Gooder deciding to run for office on a pledge to be the voice for the voiceless, then getting to the Beltway and quickly becoming a swamp monster, selling out the folks back home. There are countless examples of this phenomenon, but we should understand that there has never been such a pure personification of this cliche as Kristen Cinema, and she managed to capture the entire trope in one iconic moment that should never, ever be forgotten. Cinema has gone viral not for merely joining seven other Democratic senators blocking an already doomed motion to debate the $15 minimum wage, but for making an NBA dunk contest-like spectacle of casting that unnecessary vote to crush millions of workers. Cinema's display is notable, not for the spectacle, but not just because she represents a state President Joe Biden won, and not just because she decided to break with her own Democratic colleague, Mark Kelly, who is running for re-election. Her vote is also newsworthy for how it caps off one of the most grotesque political journeys in the modern history of the country. I personally witnessed a portion of that journey many years ago when I founded the Progressive States Network. This is David Sirota writing. Making a difference for undeserved and marginalized communities, quote unquote. Unlike many corporations in Washington, Cinema did not get her start as a standard issue business friendly cyborg created in a Westworld style factory at the local Chamber of Commerce. She was a Green Party icon and social worker who had been elected to the Arizona legislature as a proud, unabashed progressive. She even became a board member of our organization, which was designed to counter groups like the American Legislative Exchange Council and champion progressive agenda. To really understand who cinema was back then, he posts a link to an interview she did. But to continue on, uh, she explains that she got into politics because 
She saw underprivileged people in her community and became enraged that they just weren't able to get past that place of poverty and dependence to a place of self-sufficiency and independence. Oh, interdependence, eh? That's a good word. She said that she's been focused on making a difference for the communities that have historically been underserved and marginalized in Arizona. As we learn how to talk about these issues from a perspective of an average voter who cares about how much they're making and whether or not their kids can go to college, I think we're able to tap into the feelings of voters in a much more humane way and a much more authentic way, she said. Soon after creating a progressive image for herself in the legislature, Sinema got herself elected to Congress in 2012, and early on she touted herself as a leading proponent of raising the minimum wage in a state whose voters soon after approved such a wage increase, which makes it even more egregious that she's voted against it now. So, but as she got comfortable in the Washington swamp, cinema began to change her tune. She voted to help corporate lobbyists. Wait, I'll wait for the music cue. This is Tara Devil, and we'll be right back. Hmm. I can't, I have a drinking problem. Yes, I have a drinking problem, I know. One day at a time. Who's that? I just, <laughs> Ray Ray? How you doing, honey? Do you see Ray? He is so cute. Hold on a second. Ray Ray? <laughs> and Francis? Ray Ray, how are you doing, honey? It's a cat's life. Okay, uh, let's see, let's see. She, getting back to Kristen, this is David Sorota's article about Kristen, how Kristen Cinema became the swamp monster. She voted to help corporate lobbyists harm lots of marginalized people she claimed she got into politics to protect. She broke with her party to help the financial industry roll back already weak regulations passed in the wake of the financial crisis. She became one of the top recipients of campaign cash from predatory lenders. You know, the people who take advantage of those that Kristen Cinema pretends to care so much about, all the marginalized. Jesus Christ. And help Republicans advance legislation to protect those lenders. In all, Cinema cast votes with Trump's half with Trump priorities half the time. That's, that's, that's a real progressive for you, right? According to an analysis by 538, her elevation to the Senate Banking Committee was considered a big win for Wall Street. Last summer, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce awarded Cinema in their inaugural Abraham Lincoln Leadership for America Award and the Jefferson Hamilton Award for Bipartisanship. She, oh my God! You see, you see what we're up against. All of this culminated in the COVID nineteen relief bill, where she has played a particularly pernicious role. Cinema, who told PSN she was a social worker in an immigrant 
and refugee community and cast herself as a defender of those groups, voted with Republicans last month to block survival aid from going to undocumented immigrants. Despite her previous public advocacy for, higher, for a higher minimum wage, cinema has been making pro- process arguments for weeks, including th- against the $15 minimum wage. The minimum wage provision is not appropriate for the reconciliation process, Cinema told Politico. It's not a budget item, and it shouldn't be there. Really? It's not a budget item. That's how we know how full of shit they all are. It's The minimum wage is not a budget item. Well, what the hell is it? You son of a bitch. Democrats are only using the budget reconciliation process for Biden's coronavirus package because cinema and a handful of other conservative Democrats refuse to end the filibuster, which needs to be ended. With the filibuster intact, Republicans can block most legislation until Democrats can find 60 votes. The reconciliation process is maddeningly complex but it allows bills to pass with a majority vote, as democracy should behave. Instead of eliminating the filibuster, Cinema told Political she wants to give the minority party even more power to hold up legislation. I want to restore the 60-vote threshold for all elements of the Senate's work, the bitch said. Who asked you? Um, you want to, not just with the filibuster. What? She wants to make it that all bills have to pass with a 60 vote margin. She also declared that she would oppose the vice president using her power as the presiding officer to overrule the Senate parliamentarian to advance the minimum wage, even though it would boost the pay of roughly 839,000 workers in her own state. There is no instance in which I would rule overrule the parliamentarian's decision, she said. And then came the now infamous thumbs down photo op. The move was so, um, was apparently an attempt to channel late Senator John McCain's high profile vote to stop his own Republican party from repealing the Affordable Care Act. But other than the fact that the both Arizona senators made the same gesture, that's where the similarities end, which is why, um, it's sickening to me. And this is me talking not the article that she thinks, what is she thinking? John McCain did that thumbs down. When he did that, he was on the right side of the American people. Because people didn't want the ACA repealed. And, and certainly, not only did they not want it, they don't need it. They need universal health care, not less health care. So he was voting with decency at that time. What the hell was... Kristen Cinema doing, voting so cavalierly against the American people because the the American people want 
They And not only do they want it, they know that the minimum wage needs to be increased. They know it. It's not that they want it. Well, it's like we want to hang around in our social safety net hammock all the time. You know how much fun it is hanging around in the social safety net hammock that doesn't exist? I love it. I never get out of bed. I just wing and wing and slam. I, I go back and forth in my, in my government-provided hammock. It's so wonderful. It's comfortable. Never. Who needs to get out? Who needs to work? We, we have it so good here in the United States of serfs and lords. And no need to rise up and create a democracy that works for all. The oligarchy is working just so well for us all. We get to lounge around all day in the social safety net hammock if we choose to. And then in the middle of a pandemic and they give us, they, they nickel and dime us to death and trickle $1,400 down on some and call it uh, the be- best thing that could ever happen. Help is on the way. Yeah, it's sort of like a trickle. A trickle is coming down your throat, you thirsty desert dwellers, you s- sorry suckers. I'm just, I don't know why the cameras are fucking out of focus again. (sighs) But that's probably better that way. Maybe it's sort of a sensor focus. (laughs) When you're not looking too good, it just automatically goes out of focus. But it just sucks, man. It just makes me sick makes me, I don't know, it infuriates me. The tales that they tell us and that people believe. It's about time the American people, this is why they don't want to unify us because you know what would happen. We would just, all we would have to do is shut down. We would have to just one day hang out in that, that hammock not a social safety net hammock just hang out just don't go to work everybody sit down stop you know how fast things would change then a lot faster they would be so fast it would be like uh they would all be in the well of the congress or whatever taking a knee remember when that happened everybody had to go out and take a knee they were they were tripping over each other to prove how how they had evolved in just a few months. That's because people said no. No, we're not going home. We're not gonna stop. We're going to oh you have a curfew? Whoopie doo. We're out here as long as it takes and then that's how much, that's all it takes is unity. Unity and not backing in. That's why the Republicans have to do everything they can to stop unity. All right, this is the end of the Progressive Voices bit. Guys, I can't believe how fast time flies. That's how life's going before our eyes. I don't know sucks 
We have so much work to do. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Join us on YouTube. Find us on YouTube and like and subscribe and hit the notification bell. We stick together. We win. And we will win. Because we're on the right side of history, decency, dignity, and democracy. My name is Tara Devlin. See you soon. And uh, give it a good review on iTunes, all right? Mmm. All right. Thank you, JD, for your super chat. Super chat, super chat, you're super chatty. Keep it coming. Keep those super chats, super chats. All right. I know. I just lost any hope of any super chats. All right. Let's get back to David Sorter's article. I can't believe how fast time flies. She casts to... Okay, let's go back. McCain's vote preserved medical protections for millions of Americans. Cinema, with her thumbs down, was voting to preserve poverty wages for millions of Americans. She cast the high-profile vote to stop her own party from even debating giving a raise to millions of workers who deserve it. There was no Arizona-specific imperative for her to cast this vote. If anything, Kelly's vote during his re-election bid suggested it would have been better for local politics for her to support it. There was also no cost to it. A $15 minimum wage is popular nationally. And in any case, she's not up for re-election until 2020 F and 4. But she just decided to windmill dunk on workers anyway. This was misplaced political grandstanding at its finest, and it helped create a final COVID relief bill that delivers some help to workers and families, huge subsidies to private insurance corporations, but also asked the powerful to sacrifice nothing in service of structurally improving a dystopian economy. And this is what we've been talking about, really, all every show and tonight because everything that we're doing nothing is to structurally change the broken system and in fact it enforces it because it says that every now and then we're gonna have to fight like hell to get a couple of crumbs to keep some of us uh some of our heads above water but the rest of us can go drown go Go pound sand. Just go drive your Uber. Do your DoorDash. Shut up. Here's a crumb. This will stave off the revolution. And you, and no, and you know what else will? Uh, our divide and conquer bullshit. But look, uh, she's bisexual. So that's worth something, isn't it? You get a bisexual representative. How does that feel? Um, uh, does it matter? It's like, it's a yet another example how, this is what I was saying all the time, um, people having a, a diverse cabinet, that's not a policy, is it? 
Yeah, it's good. It's good to do that. It's good to have different types of people that represent the country, the diversity of humanity. But where's your, what's your, where's your pilot? Where is your heart? Where is your, what do you believe in? And in fact, if that, if she changed like that, she's, who the hell um, voted for her? Who, she, she needs to be primaried. She needs to go. I, are we going to endure her? Yes, of course. For the next four years, what year is it? <laughs> for a long time. How do I get, well, hello, Resin Rebel. How do I get a private message to Tara? I have another option for live streaming your show. Go on Discord. If you're a, a member of the Discord community on Tara Buster Discord community, you can send me a message through there. Does that sound good? The Discord link is in the description. All right. So, Cinema's spokesperson, Hannah Hurley, told Huffington Post, that, or HuffPo, that it was sexist to write about the senator's animated thumbs-down no vote against the minimum wage. Here we go. This is your identity politics. This is what, I guess, we get. This is what substitutes for actual progress in a broken-ass, kiss-up, kick-down, fake-ass democracy functional oligarchy commentary about a female senator's body language clothing or physical demeanor does not belong in a serious media outlet that's where they're going they're going to play that card that bullshit card commentary about a female well what if the female senator's body it's not body language she deliberately was saying something about what she was doing, using her body, the thumbs down, or her clothing or physical demeanor does not belong in a serious media outlet. How dare they? You see what they've done to this country? Now, you know, chew on that because you won't get uh, extra money in your pocket for food or be able to save some money or live in the goddamn American dream, whatever that means, you you get um, this fake-ass, I don't know, diverse. It's so, it's so, uh, it's an insult, really. So not only did she insult us with her blocking the minimum wage, well, it was going to be blocked anyway by the other damn-ass Democrats, but not only does she insult us that way, she's also insulting real misogyny, pointing out that she's a bitch who, 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 I mean, everything he said is correct. A sellout little bitch who thumbs down to harm her constituents so cavalierly while people are hanging by a thread and she thinks 
This is cute. And uh, Hannah Hurley. I'm looking at her Twitter feed. At, at Hannah L. Hurley. I stand by what I said. Commentary about a female senator's body language, clothing, or physical demeanor does not belong in a serious media outlet. F you. Jesus Christ. So what, why do that cute little jig with your little backpack? This is the, and David Sorota writes, this is the worst kind of transparent damage control you get from Flax who know their bosses screwed up big time. So yes, you don't take responsibility or point out that your boss is a bitch, a dumb bitch, or how about you just shut your mouth? She has to defended by claiming the mantle of the oppressed you see the while her her boss is doing the oppression the oppressing cinema's critics are not critiquing her body language they're outraged at her enthusiastically voting against the proposal to help minimum wage workers roughly 58 percent of whom are women Cinema doesn't have to vote against them, but she chose to. And worse, she opted to make a performance out of it. If you watch Cinema's behavior on the Senate floor yesterday, it's clear the problem wasn't simply how she signaled her no vote. It was how she seemed to engineer the entire episode, knowing or unknowingly, for maximum dramatic effect. She strode into the Senate chamber and exchanged pleasantries with Mitch McConnell, the human personification of Washington's utter disregard for the undeserved and marginalized. She once pledged to serve. Cinema then made her conspicuous show of a thumbs downing the measure uh, and strode off like a movie star, not looking back at the devastation in her wake. The whole thing was a perfect encapsulation of beltway callousness. A one-act, twenty-second drama of twenty-second drama of hopes and dreams of everyday people being crushed for the sake of a pointless political gamesmanship. Cinema's journey is now complete. She's become a timeless cautionary tale about what happens in a political process that typically self-selects for the most cynical among us. The result is a government run by those whose purported principles seem to change at a moment's notice because, in truth, they have no principles other than their own advancement. In a different era, advancement in the Democratic Party often required politicians to stand with the workers and the poor. Today, that's changed. Everyone in Washington knows the most reliable path to advancement is to serve the power with a hearty thumbs down. Anytime a proposal asks the wealthy to sacrifice anything, cinema is more than happy to provide that on camera in the well of the Senate. She seems overjoyed to show the world that she has gone Washington and dishonored everything she purported to care about during her political ascent. In the process, workers struggling to survive got yet another thumb shoved 
directly into their eyes. God. And that was David Sirota's Dale from the Daily Poster. But couldn't have said it better myself. It's disgusting. They're disgusting. Kirsten, Kristen, whatever hell. She's disgusting. Because you see what happens. They all have to sound like progressives, don't they? On the way up, all of that's why we will win. You see, eventually, the arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice because we're right. We are right. They know, even they know it. The corrupt, the oligarchy, the greed-centered ghosts of the Gilded Age that are haunting us, they know it, that we, we will win because they have to pretend they're like us every now and then. But the, the likes of cinema, she has, to, she has to pretend she's like us on her rise up, just like Bill Clinton had to pretend he was a, a true FDR Democrat. They all do. Barack Obama. Same thing. They all do it. And the Republicans. They pretend. They have to pretend that they're decent people. That everything they do, even when they're kicking you in the crotch, it's all for your betterment. It's because they're really trying to help people, you see. The beautiful, beautiful people that they pretend to love. All right, let me see what time is it. It's so... What a world. Is this timer going? Okay, the last thing we'll talk about is that effing Dr. Seuss. If As if the Republicans need another example of their uselessness. Now, well, you can't talk about... Voter suppression, of course, that's all they're doing. You're not gonna, what are you gonna do? Bring that to the people? Well, they do, and they say, well, we, we do it to, um, because, you know, the dog whistles. If you can't, uh, uh, you gotta show your ID to get on a plane, you gotta show your ID. They all know, and some of them, some of the, the average Joe Republicans, um, they they appreciate the dog whistles because they're racist. That's the bottom line. They don't want people who have darker pigment to vote. That's it. So, but anyway, they go. You know, the Demo- I mean, the Republicans. What do you? What what do they always do whenever a, there's a Democratic president? It goes right back to the pretending to care about the deficit of course, and the culture wars. The culture wars never truly stop, of course, but now it's off the chart. Cancel culture? Who? Who is uh, the... Who's canceling? Cancel culture? Everything is so sickening. Cancel culture. So now when you have an opinion, when uh, the world evolves then uh, the the Republicans, when we point out that 
is, I mean, all right, here's what I'm trying to say. Basically, the Republicans, it's true. They, they don't feel, they would be happy if they were able to go back to just saying the N-word out loud and in public without any liberals getting all up on, in their case. And I've said this for years, that the Republicans really, they don't feel that they're free unless they can say the N-word. That's what they consider freedom, you see? And it's also what the Republicans are cultivating. This is what they do. It's part of tickling the racist funny bones, and, it's all, and they want them to be confused. What is it? What is freedom? Oh, it's I'm not free. I can look at me. I'm free. I, I'm uh, I. That's what Trump. He. That's why they connected with Trump. He gave them permission to say the N word, to be as ugly and racist and stupid and devolved as they are, without feeling the pressure to have to change and evolve. Because changing and evolving, it's takes work it takes uncomfortability you might be uncomfortable for a second you might have to say oops i'm sorry i i said something i'm i wasn't aware that uh, i was being insensitive thank you for pointing it out you now make me a better person that i can function in this free democratic society of 320 million diverse people but Trump and the Republicans, they can't have that. Unity is, uh, is death to them. It's the end of the agenda of the kiss-up, kick-down, fake-ass democracy agenda. They can't have that. So whenever we evolve and we, and we uh, become aware of certain things that maybe were acceptable at one time but aren't anymore, then they get all... They hold on to the old ways. Like, I don't know. By the time they let go, we all have claw marks in us. So here's Kevin McCarthy, as if we needed another example of how useless Republicans are. So in the middle of a pandemic, when the American people are hanging by a thread, I mean, we can go on, you know, you can go bankrupt or you can't afford to go get sick. You're, uh, we're the COVID capital of earth, of course. Kevin McCarthy and the rest of the Republicans are outraged that the publisher of Dr. Seuss is discontinuing six, six, only six titles, not Green Eggs and Ham, which is the title that Kevin McCarthy chose to read to the morons who, for what, who voted for him? I do not like them, Sam, I am. This is so embarrassing. Would you like the Green Eggs and Ham by Dr. Seuss? (laughs) <laughs> I am Sam. I am Sam. Can, I can't. I can't. Sam I am. That's Sam I am. That's Sam I am. I do not like that Sam I am. 
This fucking guy. You like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. Would you like them here or there? Is this real life? I would not like them here or there. I would not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. This is I happening. I do not like them, Sam I am. This is real. Would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouse? I do not like them in a house. I do not like them with a mouse. I do not like them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. Would you like them in a box? Would you eat them with a fox? How is this real? Not in a box, not with a fox, not in a house, not with a mouse. I would not eat this them here This fucking there. guy. I would not eat them anywhere. He gets health care for life, a I pension like for them. life. Sam I am. A nice cushy salary. In a car. Eat them, eat them. Here they are. I would not, could not in a car. I can't. You may like them. But you I will cannot see. believe you may like this is real life. Tree. I would not, could not in a tree, not the car, you let me be. I do not like them in a box, I do not like them with a fox, I do not like them in a house, I do not like them with a mouse. What a, what a, what a waste of human DNA. An air, an office space, and a staff. People have to go to work and they work for him getting his agenda across. Of notice he reads from one of the titles that isn't being discontinued. Why don't you read some of the racist titles? You know, we talk about Chinamen do this. I like Chinamen who run like this. These people are... Uh, it, it's, uh, it's really tough to endure sharing the same air with them, isn't it? Looking at the uselessness, how many useless people are in power? What? What is the fucking point? Yet again, the Republicans, you see how full of crap they are, utterly, from head to toe. Every inch of them is full of crap. Because I thought they were all about business and uh, deregulating business and, and uh, laissez-faire capitalism because it was the publisher. Uh, nobody told them, please discontinue these books. This is Joe Biden. I'm decreeing from uh, my on-high Twitter feed like Twitler used to do. Come up with some policy on the toilet bowl and say, um... It's, it would be terrible. That's what tw Twitler would do. Tweet about some ratings or TV show or some private business that needs to do something according to how he thinks. But nobody told the publisher to not offer th these six titles. They took it upon themselves to, to do it because it doesn't reflect the our the community anymore it's hurtful
So is this what we want to teach children? To character, to make a caricature out of other human beings. We're trying to get past the uh, darker, lighter, or different kind of pigment thing all in all, all together. So saying uh, Chinamen run like this, it's offensive. It's, it's, uh, and it's lazy. And it's, times have changed. So they've, this, this is a, these are, these are children's books. It's not like Huck Finn. You're not, it's not like reading literature. You're talking when, when young people get to the point in high school, if they're reading Huckleberry Finn and it's there's a lot of n words in that but it, you're at an age where it could be discussed and it's not gratuitous we're talking about children it's not literature this is about sh- telling children what the world is so we're trying to make better people. And Republicans can't have that. They need people nice and racist, nice and racially divided. Any difference they want you to, they will exacerbate it. As long as you don't get to the point where, you know, you see other human beings as in it together, regardless, regardless of pigment, culture, or national origin, whatever it might be, any distinction. That's what Republicans, they want to heighten. They want to amplify those differences. They want to make sure that children remain influenced by that kind of thinking and and they... Otherwise, they won't vote Republican. They won't. They're not dumb enough. They're not racist enough. But this goes on. He goes on for like seven minutes. I do not like minutes. them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Sam, I am. A train, a train, a he train, He voted train. against the $15 minimum wage. Not on a train, not in a tree, not in the car, Sam, let me be. I would not, could not in a box. I could not, would not with a fox. I will not eat them with a mouse. I will not eat them in a house. I will not eat them here or there. I would not eat them anywhere. I do green not like ham, eat green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam, I am. Say, in the dark, here in the dark, would you, could you, in the dark? I would not, could not, in the dark. Holy God. If there is a God, somebody, get him down here quick. Make it stop. Is this like, uh, we have viewers and listeners from other countries. Is it as unbearable there as it is here? What's it like? Because it is really beyond 
the the bucket being uh, full. It's like drip, 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 and the bucket the bucket is over in my mind for me. I I'm done with these Republicans. Enough, enough. Joe Biden, anybody. Any of them and the Christian cinemas who want to act like Republicans. I'm sick of them. Do they bring anything to the table? Reading green eggs and ham? Well, according to Republicans, a private company should be able to make their own decision on what should be in their catalog. What they, the, the things that they want to sell, not Kevin McCarthy. A, a fraud, if there ever were one. And, and in the future, my God. He won't be remembered. He won't. But they'll look back. Future generations are going to look back on this. And I really do hope they look back and they're appalled because maybe that'll mean that we've won finally but there's always it's never truly you never truly win you'll have to continue to win again and again and again you you can't slack in a minute after everything everything that's going on in this country and this piece of wasted human DNA. Kevin McCarthy says, hey, you know what we're going to do today, staff? We're going to do a video and I'm going to read Green Eggs and Ham for seven minutes to the the dum-dums who can't say $400, who are living check to check, the ones who can't afford to go to a doctor when they're sick. You know, the ones that we're trying to stop to vote. The ones that we're ensuring live in an armed madhouse. So when things finally open up and you can maybe go to a movie or out to have a drink or two or ten. I don't drink anymore, so have a couple for, for me. But when... They might be, you know, they'll be in danger. We don't want to lose that. Uh, the danger of being murdered by a nut with an assault weapon when you go out for a nice leisurely uh, night out with your friends, you go to a concert or a movie. But all of the things on our list of things to do Kevin McCarthy thought reading green eggs and ham to people. That's what, that's what he's there to do. How is this a thing? How am I really here? Is this real? Because, I mean, if I had a job to do, and my job was to ensure that democracy prevails and that the American people... Can live in a country they can be proud of that promotes the general welfare. And I looked around and 
the country was the least upwardly mobile. We had the widest income gap between rich and poor. That kids were coming out of college as indentured servants to banks. And the majority was living check to check. One third couldn't retire. Or can't save $400. And I, and I sat there and read green eggs and ham. I would be fired. You're not doing your job. But none of them are, you see. Because this country is dying. The, demo- the democratic experiment, the grand experiment in liberal democracy, is dying because of human failures. The human condition. Greed. Selfishness. I got mine. All of these human failings that we're supposed to overcome as a community. You see, that's why the governments that we form are supposed, well, I believe, bring out the better in each other. Because on our own, sometimes you want to do, you know, maybe... uh, you know, you want to if, help each other get a, get um, get around or out over your self-centered selfishness or those moral failings. But I mean, people voted for this guy, and they will do it again. What is he doing? This is a thing. This is actually happening. All in, I, I just sometimes I cannot believe. How come it's not playing? Hmm. Something's weird. Oh, you know what? It's Tara Junior. Junior. Sit down. Because he was stepping on the damn thing again. He always does that. I hope this thing is actually broadcasting because I see a lot of beach balls happening on my computer screen here. Let me see. Hey, what happened? Oh, Francis. Did he just fall? Francis. I think he fell asleep and fell out of bed, which was his perch. All right, let me see what time is it. It's, we're almost at the end. I had a... Ugh, God. I had another thing. Let me see. By, while we were here, I wanted to talk about another thing. But we don't have the time. Guys, guys, guys. Um, Thanks for hanging out tonight. And every other night that you hang out. Thank you for your support. And I also want to thank you for being a patron, if you can, at patreon.com slash taradevlin, joining rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N.com. I want to thank you for listening to Vernant Square Radio and FYI Nation and Progressive Voices. Yeah, did, is that what happened? Did he, you guys, I don't know if you saw... 
if you could see, because all of a sudden, Francis was, was on the floor, and he did that once before. I think he rolled over and he fell. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. Um, I hope to be able to do a show Monday, and because we have so much more to talk about, and it will never end. Maybe one day we can make a difference. I hope we do. My name is Tara Devlin. Remember, we are on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy, and we will win. And they know it. We know it. Remember, we stick together. We win. Become a patron at Tarabust, uh, uh, patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And I will see you very soon. All right. So let's see. Who's in the chat? Thank you all for your super chats tonight, especially Jeffrey Giraffe. He's like the number three fan next to Greg and Joey Bay and Paradou and Errol and Unapologetic Kami. I want to say hello and White Rabbit at Lee in New York City. And Darius, hello, hello. Errol, and who else is here? Jim, hi, Jim. Jim, Jim A. And White Rabbit. And Terry Taylor, hello. And JD, nice to see you, buddy. Nice to see you all. <clears throat> Errol, play Dave. Hello, hello. And Resin Rebel. The Discord link doesn't work, you say? I'll have, I'll update it then and put it, um, I'll put it in the chat. Wait, why does it work? That's the thing about Discord. Sometimes the links expire, but shit. Thank you for telling me. I will fix it. Hello, Steve. Steven, Steve Grossman. Nice to see ya. Let's see. Discord. Shadow Star Ace. Nice to see ya. And Richard W. And who's there? Jeffrey Giraffe. Eve. Hello, Eve. Very nice to see you. And of course, Haiku. Where are, let's see, anybody? Oh, and Mark, our millennial correspondent. I see Lana Muckraker, Muckraker. Hello. Hello, John. John Fowler. Nice to see you guys. It's very nice to see you all. Hanging out and being, it's nice to see you all getting along. And I think that's it. Did I miss anybody? Suzanne on, on Facebook and Anthony James, I see you. Nice to see you there, buddy. All right, let's see if I can get the, oh, one last thing. 
I will get the link. Let's see. Invite friends to Tarab. How do you make a link? Invite people. Edit the link. Never expire. No limit. Why don't they just leave it the way it is? Why don't I have to constantly change it? Make it expire. It's annoying. Let's see. Chat is growing. Yes, it is. Shadow Star Ace. It grows. There's a lot more people on Saturdays, it feels. But we are growing in general. I do see that. Not growing as fast as I like. And not growing as fast as I want in the Patreons. Patreons. And everything else, but I don't know. Maybe one day the show will be something. I'm um, hopefully before I step into the light, that would be nice. Well, not to step into the light, but yeah, I guess it'll be nice to step into the light. Maybe. Oh, what happened there? I hate that. That's the other camera. All right, guys, guys, guys. Yes. I had more things to talk about, but there's always something more to talk about. It never stops. Now I have to get the show ready for Progressive Voices. And hopefully if you or somebody you know becomes a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin before Monday, we'll have a show on Monday. How about that? Alrighty, guys, guys, remember what I say? Listen, smash the like button, subscribe, share the show with your friends. <laughs> Grandma, come get me. I want to come into the light. All right. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And I'll see you. I'll see you very soon. <laughs>